When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your M.O.? To find your M.O., tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. It's the bluest room in town Yeah, they're actually funny And the guests the sound Through the ups and the downs Yeah, they'll be there waiting for the next time round You can find out what it means Everton will break your heart But they're still your team It's far from doom and gloom So tune in now And get involved with the blues it is the Blue Room, it is the weekly show. If you're waiting for us on YouTube, uh, apologies. Um, Dave Downey's not here, but I was late today. So I'll take full responsibility for that. I've kept Sarah and Jake waiting. And uh, Mike Diaz is also having issues getting into the meeting, so he's going to join us in a bit. But uh, as you can see, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, two smiling faces, Jake and Sarah, both know that absolutely buzzing about the win last night. And Jake, it's great to have you on, mate, because it feels as though you're sort of the one that's got to pick us up whenever we've, we've been beaten, because, you know... <laughs> It's, I think every time you come on this season, it's been after a loss, and it's not by design or anything, mate. It's just happening. I mean, I, I just feel like I'd, after the Newcastle game, I was like, it's weird that Matt hasn't been in touch. <laughs> uh, I just assumed that you were waiting for the Man United game before before I got an email. So when I got an email today, I was like, absolutely, yeah. Let's, let's talk good, happy stuff. There we go. And always uh, talking good, happy stuff. Sarah Halpin, how are you doing, mate? Oh, very, very well after last night's win. Uh, like you just said there, I think, you know, the smiling faces speak for themselves. It's it's uh, it's mad. Well, it's not mad. We know how much Everton results impact on our moods, uh, I think, in all this more so than ever. And obviously, you know, it was pretty dire, wasn't it, on the weekend? So we needed to bounce back and, and what a great way to do it. And we're all buzzing again. So, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Absolutely. All buzzing very much. Yeah, we all go into that game from last night in a lot of detail before we turn attentions to Old Trafford on Saturday, where literally anything could happen. It feels like them scoring nine <laughs> midweek and us being uh, on the way, well, on, on, on track for a, for a fifth uh, consecutive win in the Premier League. And Mike Asher is just coming into the meeting now. Uh, there he is, for those of you on YouTube. <laughs> just doing introductions, Mike. How are you doing? I'm all right. Can you hear me? Can hear you loud and clear, mate. Yeah. There you go. Brilliant. Had to work eventually, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, just, just saying, everyone's in a good mood after last night. How are you feeling about it? I was sound up until five minutes ago when we PC decided to start being an absolute mess. But yeah, so well, it's nice when the toffees do a, do a nice toffees thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is very nice. And yeah, uh, we'll, we'll start with, you know, I'll come to you first, Jake, because, you know, you mentioned that Newcastle game and, and how you were expecting the call because of how miserable it was in, in, in that sense. But 
this team just, you know, I said the word bewildering. Well, couldn't really say it then. Bewildering. I got it in the end last night on the post-match a lot. And this Everton team is just a bit like that, isn't it? You know, you lose against Newcastle. I didn't really give them a chance going into the game last night. Um, I felt Leeds were a terrible matchup for us. They've been playing pretty well. And and you just when you feel as though they're on the cusp of a, of a bad run and the season might start to unravel a little bit, they pull out a result like that. Yeah, I mean... I- in, in many ways, I think Leeds were possibly the worst team we could have faced or, you know, the prospect of, of playing Leeds after the game on um, whenever it was against Newcastle. And I don't know, do you know, I, I, I've, I've thought long and hard about what what is it against people, teams like Newcastle? What is it? What is it? It's not the fans. The fans aren't there. The players have changed. The managers changed. What is it? And I don't, I don't actually know, and I'm, I'm sure you've kind of gone over that when you were talking about the Newcastle match. But what the difference was last night, I thought, was we've got a manager who made decisions, like right decisions, like leaving Hammers out because I think the pace of, of Leeds. But he demanded something of those players last night. And the, you've got to hold our hands up. We all... We're slagging off Gilfie the other day. Gomez has been coming in for some stick. But yesterday they stood up and they really stepped up and they performed. And they, you know, if if they didn't, not only would we have been run ragged anyway, but the decision by um, Carlo Ancelotti to not play Hammers, to, to stick with Gilfie, we'd have been calling for everything here. But they, they, they stepped up and I think it's because they just... We've got a manager who demands them to do that. Why Why they don't do that against the other teams, I don't know. But I don't know. I just felt like yesterday was a was a reaction. And I think we've seen a Carlo Ancelotti who was a lot more animated than what we have seen in the past. You know, there was a, there was a bit when he absolutely went mad at Dominic because he didn't uh, give it to, to Richarlison. And actually, that was out of character of the Carlo Ancelotti we've seen. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like there was just, there was a, it, it might have just been, you know, like when, you, when your mum and dad say, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. I feel like maybe yeah. maybe that's what happened and they were like, yeah, you know, we've got to, we've got to react here. And it was very much like the, like the Wolves game not long ago when we just didn't expect anything. Um, and it was horrible to watch at, at, at times, but it's a type of game that you would look back and you would you would watch your time again because I think in many ways it was a bit of a masterclass of how to play against teams like that. And what I really really love about Everton this season is that you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know because we change. And we've got how many times have we talked about not having a plan B. We've got like a plan C D E F. <laughs> we adapt, and that's what you're meant to do. So it's it is it's a hard hard season in some ways because it's frustrating, but. I honestly think it's it's a joy to watch us sometimes, like games like last night. Yeah, certainly a lot of fun. And I think I think Jake makes a really interesting point there, Sarah, about the manager's reaction after Newcastle and sort of saying it's like that parent who says, you know, you're not, you know, you're not angry, you're disappointed because it it, it sort of feels as though you've always got that one parent who, who's quite calm and doesn't lose the cool. And when they're pissed off at you, you know, <laughs> you've done something really wrong. Then and you think, oh God. You know, if that parent's annoyed, then I am in the shit here. I've done, I've done a very big bad thing, and it was a bit like that with the manager, wasn't it? Because Carlo doesn't lose it very often. You know, he doesn't come out and, sl- you know, the only other time he's been that harsh on the players 
is the Wolves game. You know, even when we threw a two-goal lead away against Newcastle in the last minute, he was like, well, that's football. These things happen. But he, he went after them on, on Saturday after that Newcastle game. And I think when you don't go after people as often, it, it has a bigger impact and it probably resonates more with those players then. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely spot on. And you often see these things in management, don't you? Like good cop, bad cop kind of thing. And by no means do I think that Ancelotti's soft. You know, I think he can, I think they've probably seen that side to him a lot more, but that he's maybe a little bit more composed when he's out there on the, on the touchline. And he is such a friendly, warm, a charismatic guy and you can imagine that Duncan is quite often bad cop going in to you know tell him exactly what's what but I loved seeing that and I think a lot of Evertonians will have loved seeing that you know when he when he came out and kind of condemned the performance against Newcastle rightly so it was awful it was a real real task to watch that game um it's it was about the worst I've seen us for I couldn't tell you a long time um and it needed a reaction and you know, like Jake said, it, it, it demanded a, a, a kind of reaction and and we got one. And, you know, to, to, I think we were so well organised, so well drilled in everything that the plan in making sure, you know, man for man, we were on it um, defensively. I think we would have all felt a lot better going in half time 2-0. I thought, you know, this this should be a fairly relaxed second half. If we can keep them out for the first five minutes. <laughs> but honestly, I'd gone downstairs to make a cup of tea. I got a text off my mate saying, for sake, and I was like, oh, no, you're messing. Come up, see, it's 2-1. And I thought, oh, well, that's it now. It's going to be a stressful second half. But everything that leads throughout us, we, we matched defensively. I think the core was superb. Sigurdsson was brilliant. Uh, Robert Olsen was brilliant. Ben Godfrey, I know we'll go on to have a separate chat about him because he's just ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it it was great and such a. I think yeah, we needed that that disappointed uh, Ancelotti and then followed up as as Jake said when he went to play. Uh, Dom should have played Richie and he had a shot, quite a poor shot. I think it's fair to say. Um, and Ancelotti's just going absolutely bottle on the sidelines and then next thing you know Dom scored and he's giving it the little cheeky <laughs> but that's what you want you know and that's that's the way to make amends as well um, he should have put Richarlison through didn't that could have been 2-0 but a couple of minutes later it's 2-0 and Ancelotti's smiley and, and, and calm again so yeah brilliant result last night Yeah, Mike I know you didn't you couldn't watch the game last night because of work and you watched it today but you knew the result beforehand be interested to get your thoughts on, on what you picked out. What were your main takeaways from it, really, having known the results and, and then watching it again? Um, do you know what? I'm really glad that I didn't have the time to watch it while doing work because I think I would have had about seven cardiac arrests. <laughs> I, I, I would not have been able to do either. Um, it's a strange one, actually, but one of the things I picked up was really negative. Really, like, it was straight away. It was um, I know that set pieces have got a lot of praise recently one thing i did notice was teams seem to be picking up on the fact that they can have success if one player seems to drop forward towards the ball from a set piece and sort of glance the header and take all the pace with the boards cal Wilson hit the bar with it then he scored with it and about five minutes into this game Leeds had a really good chance with a really similar similar um chance and i'm just thinking that's one of those things you look at and you go Kind of hope that's being worked on, but um, Jake made a really good point before that sort of gives me a little bit of little, little bit of hope in that respect. It's the word adaption because it is it's about adapting. I think that this game was about Carl Ancelotti learning lessons from the opposite game because this was not like 
the game at Goodison Park, even though Everton did go toe-to-toe for about oof, 25 minutes and really try and just double up with leads and go, right, we'll man for man and we will just out-attack you and let's do it because we can defend better. And that was the key to the game, was having the faith in your defensive unit to know that when you do score a goal, because we were going to score, because that was just the way the system was going to be, when you do score a goal, you've got to defend well. I think that was a difference in the game. One side defended better than the other. I thought it was an excellent game, to be honest with you. Two teams really, really wanted to win it. But yeah, at the end of the day, one side defended a little bit better and Everton come out of there with just the most valuable three points that we all could have imagined. I think out of these two games, Leeds away and Newcastle at home, if you said three points, you go, mm, yeah, okay, fair enough. But I didn't think it would be this round, this way around, let me tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you're right about the defensive play and We'll start there with the player that Sarah mentioned earlier, Jake in Ben Godfrey. And the, the mad thing about this, and I've still been trying to get my head around this all day today, that was the first time in the Premier League this season, first time for Everton in the Premier League, that he started in a back two, in a centre-back pairing. And, you know, he's played as a back three, he's played left-back for a long time, I played right-back early on in his Everton tenure. And he was dropped into there, and, and he just looked the absolute business from minute one. So I, we we spoke uh, before the cup game uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about how it'd be good to see Ben Godfrey play in his in his actual position. I don't know what his actual position even is now, because he's just he, he he literally can play anywhere, and like I, I'm I'm certain that you could play him in midfield and he'd be running the show, you know. He's and and this is a type of maybe he is that type of utility player that we've lacked really where you know somebody drops out you need somebody to be able to to step up and be able to play that role take that role on and I don't think we ever would have thought when we got him that he would be playing half as much as what he has done never mind play as well as he does and I think when we when we played Newcastle you noticed the difference in 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 changing that system you know you've got a player there who wants to play which I always think is Absolutely crucial. You've got a player who's, who's desperate for minutes, desperate to be on there, always wants the ball. He's always looking. And then his pace and his strength, he's just, you know, I, I think he's he's an incredible player. I hope that we can allow him to develop as well, not put too much pressure on him. Not, you know, if we can kind of give him that that time, um, he can only he can only go from strength to strength. And I think he's got Ironically, he's having such a massive impact on all the other players around him who you would think are going to be the leaders and the people who are more experienced, but he's having that impact on them. It's confidence. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and I think it's... And I totally agree with what Jake's saying there, sir, in regards to not putting too much pressure on him, but it's hard not to get excited and, and talk about this lad, isn't it, when he puts in performances like that? And it's, it's the things like that 70-yard run out of defence, you know, to get Everton up the pitch. And, you know, it's... I think Dave on the post-match last night said he's already playing at an elite level as regards to how he's concerned. You know, he's already looking like a player that could play for a Champions League team. Um, and that's a testament to him to come into a new club, to be moved around the back four, back five, and to, to thrive in how he has done. Um, I think it shows not only is he good football, but he's definitely got it between his ears as well. He has, and you know, such a young lad as well. Um, you know, he, he really is still so young. And I think... As you said, it's the, it's that consistency. And again, you know, if this if this podcast isn't 
the title something to do with adapting. Because um, again, it's you know it's that thing you know Ben Godfrey is coming and that's exactly what he's done. He's played in every position and like you saying that that's the first time he started in the centre back pairing is 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 crazy when you think of how well he's done and it's every game it's consistent it's consistency. He's consistently, you know probably the best player on the pitch or one of the best players on the pitch and time and again you know that he's going to deliver you feel better when he's on the pitch I did a I did a podcast earlier in the week um um where I was being asked about Everton and and the Newcastle game and I said you know I think one of the the main things we were missing was Ben Godfrey even though he's like like Jake just said he's gonna he can pick the ball up on the edge of his box and carry it straight to the other box you know he's he's direct he's never going to give up he's he'll have a look up and he's just like a bulldozer going through people and you think no one's stopping him here and then last minute if you if you know that you need someone to come in with a last ditch like tackle header whatever it is you always fancy that he's going to pop up there and he's going to be there he's all over the park he's he's class and it's he's one of the best centre backs I've seen play forever and, and, and he's when you think how little really we've seen of him, like you said, and I totally agree with what Jake's saying, we need to allow him to develop and but it, it it's so hard not to get excited when you see such a talent. Um and you look at the signings we've brought in, Decore, Alan, James Rodriguez, um and I think we've we've needed all of them. But Ben Godfrey now is sort of becoming that one that everyone's saying he he's that the the signing of the summer, you know. Um absolute quality we're better when he's on the pitch I think he's got to be you know probably again the system will change from time to time we need it to but we're just better with him inside and once we got that first goal um and went 2-0 up you sort of think this team is not conceding to uh it's disappointing to concede a goal so early in the second half but defensively yeah we feel sound so Ben Godfrey uh, who was it is it Les who put um God Benfrey <laughs> quality that absolute quality and you know he, he, he's just been ridiculous hasn't he Mike usually when you don't know a player's position it's for a very very bad reason and it's because they're ineffective everywhere all over the pitch and they don't have enough of an impact Ben Godfrey's got the opposite problem he's effective anywhere he plays he will do his job an 8 to 9 out of 10 standard and will make an impact, a very positive impact on the game. I haven't seen him make very many mistakes as well for a player who's playing all over the place. You'd completely expect him to drop out of position or make a couple of positional errors here and there. I don't think I've seen it very often. Um, there's a couple of bits last night playing centre-half, I think, um, when Bamford hits the top of the bar with a cross, he loses him a little bit. Just those sorts of things are going to need tightening up if he's going to play centre-half. But again... So young lad, he's got a long, long way to go and he's still learning. Um, he's thrown down the gauntlet now in the sense that he should be in the team every week. Because I don't even, it's hard to describe why. Because he is so effective, but he's not scored a goal. Yesterday he got his first assist, which fair do is well done. Um, but that's not his job. And you usually think if there's a player that's so young, you don't rely on them in that sense in the back half of the pitch. It's usually further forward. And you get just little bits here and there of goals, assists. You look at someone like Mason Greenwood, who had a really just just an impact at United because he could chip in with those goals and assists and be involved. And Ben Godfrey sort of the same, but the opposite end of the pitch. He's not scoring, he's not assisting, but he's doing everything right. 
And when you've got a player like that who will give you a guaranteed seven out of 10 week in, week out, doesn't matter how good or bad the team is, then that's really, really valuable. And when you can move that player from defensive midfielder, centre-back, right-back, left-back, who knows? Let's just whack him up front and see what happens then. See if he can give us another. So I mean, it's just it's such a valuable trait to have in a player that he can be so versatile and flexible, but be so consistent with his performances. And it's as I say, it's not just his ability; it's everything he brings in, t- in terms of the ethic and the ethos and just his mentality. I think um, someone put it on Twitter yesterday. Was if Everton fans could build a player, it would be Ben Godfrey. <laughs> yeah, and it really would. It's just. Just that sense of the, the the intelligence, the maturity, the youthful energy, and just being absolutely hard as nails. Yeah. Just everything about him, just it's it's Everton personified, and he just needs to be in that team. And you look at that United game, and you're like, yeah, you've got to start, got to start against the Reds as well, got to start against the City. You've got to do all of those games, and you've got to be involved. And you hope he is. So like a really weird image then of that builder bear shop in town, but with Everton players. <laughs> <laughs> There's just about ninety five thousand Aiden McGeeys sat on the shelf, not being touched. Not <laughs> been touched for years. <laughs> but I just sort of think about him. Like you're right, Mike. You know, defenders shouldn't really have that big an impact, but I. I reckon every other lad when he's playing is made up. And if you're playing in a position next to him, whether you're, you know, you're a midfielder in front of him, a goalkeeper behind him, a centre-back when he's at right-back, a centre-back when he's at left-back, you know, wherever, he must be a dream to have near on, on the football pitch. Because it's not it's not just his, you know, his pace gets, must get him out. Of, you know, I think you said about that thing with Bamford, his positioning probably is the one thing you'd say still needs to improve a little bit. But his pace and his speed get him out of so many issues. And I think if you're Luca Dean last night and you've got him tucked in a centre-back on the left side of centre-back, you know you can go up the pitch because you've got an absolute freight train. You can cover the, the space behind you. And I, th- I think I think it's those things. And when when you've got a player on your team who makes a 70-yard run up the pitch, emerges from the ball with three players converging and plays it out wide, you must just get a big lift. Uh, I think I think it's those those little intangible things as well, which he does so well. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules. With clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value, Movement became the fastest-growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters. And now, everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best-selling, innovatively-made ceramic watches are on sale too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank, but looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the Movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site-wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two-year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Well, I think I think when you look at the um, the way he's played next to the two centre-halves, and you think you've got to add Mason Holgate into this as well, that we spoke about just how much Michael Keane and Yerry Mina missed one, if not both of them, against Newcastle next to them. As you say, it's as much about what they bring, it's just about the mentality of knowing that those players are there, knowing that if the ball's coming over the top, you've got someone there who understands that 
centre half's going to need you here. Someone he's going to need you, so you need to be there and ready for it. And they really did miss that. And it's given Everton so many options as well. You look at what really interests me is Carl Ancelotti seems to really, really relish and enjoy the fact that you can have a right back or a left back there that can slide across as a third centre half and cover. Because what I keep noticing is you'll have moments in a game where it'll be Michael Keane, it might be Yerry Mina, it might be Ben Godfrey. And we saw all three of them do it yesterday, where they'll surge forward about 20 yards up the pitch and just try and just run with it as they can, try and find a pass, keep going. And usually they'll find a pass at the end or win a free kick or do something. But at the other end of the pitch, you see Mason Holgate slide across, you see Alex Obi slide back a little bit and it still stays as a rigid system. But they all seem to know exactly what they're doing, which I just, as, as an Everton fan, I find that incredible. Not having players know what they are doing. I know it sounds rudimentary and a bit stupid, but it's not something we've had for a long time is well-drilled coach players in an attacking and a defensive sense, fluidly know exactly where they've got to be and where, what they've got to do. It's just a breath of fresh air. Jake, we going to make a point there, mate. Sorry. Well, yeah, it's I. Although I agree, and although he probably does know what he's doing, my bottle goes every time Yeri Mina runs up there. I, think, I don't know if it's the way he runs. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, oh, just give it a, just pass it now. Like every time he goes that little bit further, I'm like, just pass it now, seriously. So my heart was in my mouth yesterday, but. That's what that's what that's what a good team does, and that's what we've not really done is having the confidence in it. You go, I'll fill in, and you know we've done it in bits and bobs, but it, not not as as slick. And just um, just what we were saying about Godfrey and the pace of Godfrey, and like the pace of, of Dominic Calvert Lewin at the moment as well. You know, if we can start getting pace injected into this team, then you can have other players like like the James Rodriguez, who doesn't necessarily have the pace, just in there and just controlling it and spraying this ball across. So, you know, if, if you actually look at the at the starting 11, our strongest starting 11, we've got some real quality in there now, and it's just about bringing in those others. But you might be bringing it up, Matt, but I just want to say, I I probably wouldn't have given um, Godfrey man of the match. For me, it was Decore, and I think he is an absolutely outstanding footballer and he is just everywhere on that pitch he is everywhere and I just think I think we ummed and ahed about when we got him and talked about his age and talked about different things but what a player he is and I, I think he's the type of player that I can't really think of of a player quite like him that we've had in many years and he just he just adds a totally new dimension of um, just that assurance and that kind of confidence right across the team, I think. Yeah, he, he properly deserved an assist last night, didn't he, Sarah, for that? I mean, that, that if you could pick a, a bit of play to sum up the core eh, at his best, it's that, isn't it? Winning it on the edge of his own box, going through the phases and, and playing a pass. You know, that when he is a full flight and in great form, that is, those are the things he, he does so well. Probably should do it a little bit more often, but I just felt dead sorry for him when Dom hit that straight to the keeper because it would have been a great goal. Oh, I know exactly, and he he did he deserved it as well. Um, as you said, it's not just the last ditch tackles and stuff. He is that box to box. He's gonna, but he's he's technically so gifted as well. As you say, like those little intricate passes and and things he does, he, he he's brilliant. And I'm glad Jake brought him up actually because I think you know he he has kind of gone under the radar when you've got someone like Ben Godfrey who's just doing ridiculous things on a football pitch every week. Um, 
it, it, it's, it's pretty unfortunate for Decore. I think uh, Robert Olsen as well obviously made a few really important saves, um, especially in that second half yesterday. But yeah, Decore's been fantastic. And it's like I said earlier, you're looking at Godfrey now as maybe the signing out of all them. But as I said, we needed all them signings. You look at how how important Hammers has been. There's games where Hammers is just dictating the entire game. Um, you know, when he's on it, you've got the core rate. Alan, we've missed massively. How exciting it is to see him come back in as well. And then Ben Godfrey and the core. So I just think, yeah, the, the, the players that we've brought in have all made such a massive difference. Um, and just on that, Josh King as well, obviously he come on uh, towards the end. But I think, you know, we, we, we talk about pace and stuff like that. He could add another, another, um, sort of dimension and, and help in that sense with the pace that he's going to bring to the team. But it did make me laugh because, like, straight after the game, I, like, put a, a tweet out or whatever, and I'd already had a comment of someone saying, Josh King didn't look that fast, just saying. <laughs> and it's like, oh, here we go. Right but, after two minutes, yeah. I see people go with Tom Davis as well. I was like, oh, come on, just have a day did, off. Yeah, no, I thought he, he was sound when he, when, he, when he come on, Tom, you know, I think... Uh, but no, the Corey, what a player! As Jake said, he's just a fantastic footballer and and somebody that goes under the radar. But when when he's not playing, you don't half notice as well. Yeah, uh, just quickly, Mike, before I come to you, uh, Neil on on YouTube. Uh, if you watch us on YouTube, let us know who you thought was was your man of the match. Loads of contenders last night, obviously. Uh, so got to agree on the Corey. I don't think he's had a bad game since he joined. He's played everyone. Every game in the Premier League, apart from Leicester, when he was suspended. And I think, Mike, if we go back to the start of the season and I asked for predictions on Everton's player of the year, you, you picked that Delay Decore, didn't you? And he's, he's slowly creeping up into that conversation, I'd say. He is. He's doing his best. He's doing his best, isn't he? Um, he is absolutely everything that we moaned week in, week out that we didn't have last year. And he's everything that I hated about playing against Watford was him and Etienne Capoue had all of the skills to do anything, both of them. They, they, both, they work in a tandem. They were able to defend, able to attack, able to play smart passes, able to score goals, able to do anything. And he's just brought it. Just hasn't changed, hasn't done anything, just brought it. And it's so nice to have that sort of player there because what you said there, Matt, I thought was quite interesting. He needs to do it more often. He hasn't had the chance to. Because we've played with no holding midfielder, he's had to do a lot more covering yeah, because yeah, yeah. because James Rodriguez has been playing on the right hand side, he's had to sort of fill in as an auxiliary defensive right winger a point at points. It's um an interesting role and one that he's taken to like duck to water. But I do agree it'll be really interesting to see what happens when you get out and back into the side, what happens maybe in a month, month and a half when JP Cabama maybe starts playing a few games in that anchor role if he can do. And you suddenly have Alan his actual position, which is sort of similar to how Decore plays, and both of them can sort of have that license to go a little bit further, but also rein it a little bit because that midfield three, if it can ever work, would truly be very, very strong, and Everton would suddenly be in a very, very healthy position there. But just on Calvert Lewin as well, um, that chance it would have been lovely for Decore to get that assist. It was well worked. It was brilliant, and it was lovely to see Calvert Lewin absolutely busting a gut to try and get there. But that finish was that the finish was a player who was knackered, and yeah. you could see that. That was someone he's flung his leg at that because he's so tired. He, he's worked so hard to get there. He's put, put graft in for ninety minutes, and thank God they managed to bring in a striker because you don't want to be seeing that in six, seven weeks, ninety fifth minute when he needs a chance to go in 
him to be that tired again because they're the moments when we're really going to need him. So thank God it didn't matter that much yesterday, but it's going to matter in the future. So thank God you've got a little bit of um, little bit of backup now. Yeah, I think I think as well. I remember watching that that chance back on a match of the day last night, and just just going back to to the core again. When Calvert Lewin misses it, I think a lot of players in that situation would be like, you know, head on the hands on the head, slumped down, gutted. He just he just sort of throws his hands up a bit and then turns around and starts running back the other way. So like it's you know it's it's absolutely nothing, and to still be that energetic at that point in the game against a team like that is is, is quite incredible. And just one other thing on the midfield, good to mention Andre Gomez, for said his best half in a while, the first half last night. Uh, but the, the last play I wanted to speak about before we go on to United, uh, I'll come to you first on this one, Mike, and then Sarah and Jake, feel free to follow on. Uh, feels as though for the fir- probably the first time since he, he joined the football club that, that Robin Olsen is on a par with, if not ahead of Jordan Pickford in the pecking order now. And, you know, last night he was, you know, some people say he was man of the match. He made three great saves after making a mistake himself, it, it has to be said. But does just feel as though things are a, a little bit calmer when he's there. Absolutely. Um, you can notice the difference in the kicking between the two keepers instantly. Um, and when you have Jordan Pickford and is pretty above average kicking, you, you are going to notice that. But the goalkeeper's job is to keep the ball out of the net at the end of the day. And he is now, he's laid a claim to the starting position. I think it's his to lose now. Every time he's come into the side, he's done his job. Even when he has made a mistake, it hasn't been, it hasn't been fatal hasn't really conceded any glaring errors and he's made big saves, saving the things he should save and saving them well, punching them far and punching them wide, catching what he can. And he's come up with those big plays that the best goalkeepers do. And that's what you expect from an experienced goalkeeper. It's sort of like the Sergio Romero situation at Manchester United when David De Gea wasn't really firing. They could always rely on a very experienced international backup who will be there to push him on and get his head right. And you'd hope that's what will happen with Jordan Pickford. But if not, it looks like Everton have got a serviceable number one to actually step up now, which is a far cry from what they've known before. Yeah, I think, like you said as well about the mistake, because I'm watching the telly and obviously the, the the mistake from the back where he plays it into a really dangerous area. And I'm there thinking, oh, fuming. But it's what you do straight after that, isn't it? And whereas, you know, you've got the potential to lose your head then and and be flustered and panicked, which is what we've seen um, this season through, you know, with Jordan, unfortunately Um, it was, it was big to see him come back and make, what was it like three point blank, really top saves. That's how you, that's how you make, make up for a mistake. That's what you do. You know, mistakes are going to happen. It's how you respond. And I think him doing that then, and what that must just do for your defenders thinking, okay, look, he's going to pull them out of the bag. And like Mike said, you know, it's doing the simple things well. Yes, absolutely about the kicking. We know that his kicking's not not the same as Jordan Pickford, but it's about making sure that they're not putting the ball in the back of the net when he needs to come out and and punch it away if he's not sure to get it out. He, he he's he's been a breath of fresh air. Um, and yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised now. Uh, I kind of wouldn't be surprised either way who he goes with um, for for the weekend. But it's going to be fit, is he? I think he's out for a, a couple of weeks. Oh, is he? Is he with yeah. his? Also, oh, well then there you go, then it will be Olsen then. And, you know, I certainly don't feel upset about it. You know, I, I feel pretty good about it, which is about as high a compliment as an Everton fan can can give a goalkeeper, I think, to be honest, since Neville Southall. So, yeah, yeah. maybe Nigel Martin as well. <laughs> and that's one thing that you just look at straight away and think it takes a talking point away. It takes a point of contention. Just get rid of it. 
because it's it's been the elephant in the room for a good two years now. Is when's Jordan Pickford going to make the next mistake? When's he going to like? When's he going to drop a clanger? Oh well, there you go. It's happened again. Surely be starting for England, and it just it removes that entire conversation, that uncertainty, and just that narrative goes away. Gone. Yeah. I'm sure that matters as much for defenders as it does for us because not having those those angsty issues of thinking, oh, what if it's today? That must surely play into the defenders' minds. It's got to be a big thing when it isn't there. I, I, I mean, I totally agree with everything. I think we've got a player there who's confident. He's in form. I don't think he's, you know, the, as I said, that little mistakes are going to happen. Um, but I don't think he's really put a foot wrong since he's, he's been here. Every game he's played in, I've felt quite confident. Um, and I, I actually, you know, I, I'm a... I've I've always backed Jordan Pickford, but I I think I probably feel a little bit more confident and calm myself when when Olsen's in goal and this is his chance. You know he's probably going to be playing for the contract. He you know if if he likes it here, he's going to be wanting to be signed. So um, yeah, I've got absolutely no no qualms at all about him starting against United. Uh, and finally, a last nice game for we can't speak about United. Uh, that pitch, never have ever seen as many players fall on their arse as much in 90 minutes as that. It was insane, wasn't it? Joke. It was like, if it wasn't for the fact that it was Everton, so I was obviously very emotionally invested, then it would have been hilarious. But I was just like fuming all the time and you were scared all the time, obviously, that how direct and fast and quick leads come at you. You're thinking, what, Yeri's going to end up on his backside here or Mason's over or and on the flip side when we're on the attack you're thinking someone's going to go to pull the trigger and, and be it was I mean if someone was playing a drinking game I bet I bet someone started doing that at some point in the somewhere in the country people started drinking when someone ended up on their arse I bet you and I bet they had a great time would have needed a lot of ale in to play that properly <laughs> they certainly would yeah no, certainly I would, would. terrible it was, it was ridiculous go on Mike sorry Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota. The number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. With a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices? Do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Find yours at Toyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, CY 2000 through 2021 sales. You muted Mike. Your microphone's not on. Yeah. Always going to happen. It happens every time, don't it? Um, yeah, you do it live, mate. It? You know, these, these things happen. I know. I know. Um, it was almost dangerous to some extent. Like, I'm surprised nobody ended up with this, like, serious non-contact injury. Generally, that, that sort of thing. If they don't get that sorted, that will happen in a Leeds game, a Leeds home game quite soon within the next couple of weeks. Someone will go down with a really serious injury there. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it reminded me a bit of that video. I don't know if you've seen it of the people at a festival 
for the walking <laughs> everyone's just everyone's just waiting for them to go so I know just what I'm talking about <laughs> I do I do so like old Glastonbury stuff it was just yeah. it was mad to watch it felt like they'd been pranked like someone had gone out there and put like oil on the boots or so it was just it was the gra- it, the turf was just tearing up you know when you'd see like a zoomed in picture the, it was just coming up into and as you know as Mike says though in all seriousness someone will end up uh doing something dodgy on that pitch if uh, if it if it doesn't improve because it was it was insane he bought it off spurs hadn't he <laughs> like honestly yeah because no spurs have got like a couple of pitches at the new ground which they can swap in for the nfl um... this, this one was supposed to be an nfl pitch but because they've had no nfl games they just sort of got a sp- yeah. <laughs> weird to say he's got a spare pitch knocking around i, I mean there's been receipt, man. <laughs> there's, there's, there's been loads of acl injuries in the nfl this year so yeah i can see that <laughs> Uh, but yeah, glad, glad we're just done with Leeds and Alan Road and that pitch for, for the rest of the season now. Oh. Uh, but it's another tough one on, on Saturday, Jake Old Trafford. United scored nine on, on Tuesday night against Southampton, albeit they played against uh, 10 men and then nine men for long spells of, of that game. But um, listen, I, I don't think there's any reason why we can't go there and be confident. You know, we've won four games away from home in the Premier League for the first time since, since 1985. Uh, there's certainly competition for places. There's lads who'll be feeling great about themselves going into this one. And um, feels as though we can go there and, and really do something, something positive. And honestly, everybody is beatable this season more than than ever. Um, and if we if we went and you know it's not going to be the same intensity as last night, but if we go, we can we can go toe to toe. I think we'll learn uh, some mistakes from the from the cup game, especially. And I felt like that that game Falco just absolutely this uh, Cavani sorry just absolutely destroyed us, um, and we just did not know what to do and how to handle that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, we we can't go into games this season feeling like you can't get a result because if you're going to get a result from the places that I've, I've been on your back for however many years, this is the season to break those. So. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm not entirely sure the formation that we're going to go for. I don't think we'll see the same as last night. Um, and I, in all honesty, I don't even know what to set up, but I'd be going in hoping to get something out of it. Yeah, um, come, come to you, sir, on that selection. Obviously, James Rodriguez wasn't even on the pitch at any point on Wednesday night. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one, that is it, to see if he comes back in, because while United aren't as energetic as Leeds, it'll be harsh on maybe someone like Sigurdsson or Awobi to take them off the side because, you know, maybe not Awobi so much, but Sigurdsson certainly played his part in a really important win on Wednesday. Yeah, and, you know, Jake made the point earlier in the in the show about how I think after the Newcastle game, uh, people were probably had quite a, a different opinion on, you know, <laughs> the, the, the performance that day to what we saw uh, against Leeds last night. And, yeah, on that basis, it would be... It would be uh, Harsh to, to see him dropped, but that said, you know, you've got the fresh legs, you've kept him rested. It's it's nice that we've been able to be afforded that luxury of a fresh Hammers Rodriguez coming in. So it will be interesting to see what he does there because, you know, Gomez as well. I thought Gomez was absolutely fantastic. It should be an interesting battle between him and uh, Bruno Fernandes as well. Uh, so, yeah, but it's definitely a nice feeling knowing that we've got a well rested Hammers to come on. Um, and I feel confident in in however we go there and set up. And yeah, you know, I'm not saying confident that we definitely will get a result, but 
like you said, I know they beat they beat beat Southampton nine 0 the other day, and we saw all kinds of mad stuff going on in that night of football with the red cards and the penalties, and you know United were obviously on it. But let's not forget they lost at Old Trafford to Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago yeah. as well. So it's that kind of season, um, as we've you know referred to loads of times. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see who he does start with. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm confident that we can go there and get a result. You know, say if we went there and got a got a point then you, you take the Newcastle game out of the equation and, and we're right back on track again. So, uh, yeah, I'm, fe- I'm feeling pretty good about it, actually, considering they've just won 9-0. <laughs> feeling good as well, Mike? Yeah, why not? Like Jay said, everyone's beatable. Some weeks it'll be Everton, some weeks it won't be. And why not treat every every week like it won't be? Because if there's one season to just go and set out the game plan to take points off teams this year, you've got to go and do it. Um, I found it quite interesting, as you said, the... Uh, Hammers wasn't used at all during this game. And that to me is very interesting because it seems that Ancelotti is finally sort of finding the balance of which players are right for which type of games. Because obviously, Gilfie Sigurdsson, I mean, it's obvious the way I feel about Gilfie Sigurdsson. I've said it for so long now, but he plays semi-all right football when he plays as number 10. You can, you can trust him in that position, but any other position on the pitch, it's just going to be painful to watch. Um, I think it was clear that he was asked to do a job on Phillips as well, wasn't he? And, you know, that's for all James's ability. That was something in the home game where, you know, that lad just had all the space in the world, didn't he? And that's it. That's it. Like when you have specific tasks that you need and midfielder to do, that is going to be about running hard yards and tracking back and shutting down opposition midfielders. Gilfie Sigton will be your man there in that 10. That, when it's not quite, a, it's not, a playmaker role it's almost like a third third extra midfielder it's just a little bit more advanced um so it'll be interesting to see what he does with Hammers in this game because you you have players in that Manchester United team who are very very good on the ball you just got to look at someone like Bruno Fernandes Paul Pogba there's, there's lots and lots of very good midfield players it'll be interesting to see if he decides to go toe for toe and say right you've got a player like Bruno Fernandes who can just flip the game on a, on a switch We've got one too. Let's see who wins it. Or we'll go with the more regimented approach of saying, right, Gilfie, you've got to go there and you've got to disrupt and do those sorts of things. Because it's that's the sort of job that Sigurdsson has excelled at at Everton. I remember uh, it might have been him doing a job on um, Jorginho at Chelsea quite early on um, a couple of seasons ago. Those sorts of jobs he seems to do quite well. Um, so I'll be interested to see the way he plays that. Um, for me, I just go and just say, right, Let's just go. Let's try and win the game. Because if you can win the game with someone like Hammers pulling the strings, playing those one or two killer passes that can net you a couple of goals, if you can win that game, suddenly you are right back in it. And this is the time. This is the time of year where it doesn't matter about winning games down the stretch if you don't win games now. We've all done the dead rubber Everton who win three or four games on the spin in April and May. Nah, win them now. Win them now and give yourselves a chance. Don't go into that thinking what could have been this season. Go out and try and take points off these sides. Don't settle for, ah, oh, well, we'll sit back and see what we can get. Go out and try and win points. Yeah, and I think, I think any results, because you know, we've still got, obviously, got United away, City away, Liverpool away, Chelsea away and Arsenal away. And I think with those games to come, if we can get any kind of results here, it just gives everyone that bit of extra belief going into those potentially tough games three now at the end of the season. I just read some comments out before we finish. Uh, Live vid said that pitch was like watching the players. It was like watching Todd Carty on Dancing on Ice. I don't get that reference. Does anyone? Yeah, I do. Remember, remember he off um, 
what was he off? EastEnders or something? And he slid off. Oh, oh yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you mean now, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. What was his name? He, put, he was off EastEnders, something Fowler, wasn't he? Yeah, that's it. But yeah, that's I get right. you now. I think it was 80 and also has not put a foot wrong. Uh, last night he was excellent and he brings a calm we haven't enjoyed for a while. And we'll finish on this one, Neil. Uh, I'm sure he's having a laugh here, saying there was a certain fella watching in Istanbul saying I could have scored that Dominic Carvalho-Lewin chance. <laughs> Even the bot there, he wouldn't have been able to get there, would he? No, no, he wouldn't. Not a chance. He, he wouldn't. Like, are, we, are, we, are, we, are we even going to just... No, no, I can't. I can't. I don't want to think about it. He's gone for six months. Let me enjoy six months when he's gone and we'll address his spray on hair when he gets back. Uh, we will do that. We'll do a little podcast special on Cenk's spray on hair when he gets Great. back. I'll get Mike on for that. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much to Jake, Sarah and Mike. That's been your weekly show here on The Blue Room. Of course, we'll have... Loads of stuff coming out before the game against the United this weekend. Rob's doing a kickabout today with Hannah and Ryan Reynolds all over the world, that one. So that should be a, an interesting one. Do check that out as well. I've got a match preview on Blue Room Extra and Mailbag as well. And if you want to hear more from us, come and join us on Blue Room Extra and multiple Everton shows every single weekday, building up to and looking back at all our games. It's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks very much for watching. Cheers for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Um, who are you? I'm you, from the future. What do you want? I want to tell you about Dave. Dave has your future money. Spend it on whatever you need. With extra cash from Dave, you can get up to 500 bucks instantly with no interest and no credit check. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Podcast Network.